Hi, One Goal community. It's Elaine Boyd, Pelotonia's Event and Volunteer Operations Coordinator. Since 2008, Pelotonia has raised over $236 million for innovative cancer research. And thanks to our partners, 100% of those funds have gone directly to research at the James at Ohio State. Together, we will see an end to cancer. To get involved in our one goal, visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org, or click on the link in the episode notes. This podcast is powered by Pelotonia. To learn more about our goal 10 cancer, visit pelotonia.org or see the link in the show notes. One of the best memories I have this far in my life is riding behind my dad and my mom. Rare that I get that time with them and, and just with them. Here's dad with his survivor jersey right next to my mom. Everybody that, you know, that rode by, that's my dad, that's my dad. Welcome to One Goal, a storytelling podcast from Pelotonia. We're a passionate community dedicated to funding innovative cancer research. I'm your host and president of Pelotonia, Joe Apgar. Your journey with us to the finish line begins now. Pelotonia is powered by an unstoppable community, and it's through research we will see an end to cancer. We want to thank our major funding partners for making all of this possible. The American Electric Power Foundation, Bath and Body Works, Huntington, Peggy and Richard Santulli, and Victoria's Secret. When you're done experiencing this episode, we'd be honored if you would leave a review and share it with family and friends. This really helps extend the impact of this series and helps further our one goal. Thank you. And now, on to the episode. It takes many different roles to make our one goal come alive. Staff, riders, volunteers, challengers, supporters, and more. While not on that list, there are two roles that are just as important to our community, mom and dad. We're going to travel through a series of clips from previous episodes to celebrate the two people who are so often a source of profound love and inspiration. So let's begin at the very start of this podcast, Victories in Sight, Season 1, Episode 1. Hello? Hey. Hello. Hey, you hear me? Yes. Sir. <laughs> Sir. How are you? Well, ma'am. Now that I got you on the phone. Do you uh are you uh where are you at? You at home? Uh just, we just got out of load or unloading the car. Oh. Unloading the car, I should say. Oh, okay. Hey, well, let me i I'm gonna send dad a picture for you. I want you I want you to be on the phone, okay? You're gonna send him the what? A picture of my scan for you. I take it this means it's good. Sorry, just sent the old scan. He just he just sent the old one. Hang on. So tell Pops to look at it. So he just sent you both scans. Holy cow, that's a terrific difference. Yeah, it's really different. That's great. Yeah. Terrific. That means you're you're in remission. That's right. right? Yeah. That's- uh, yeah, in remission, I guess. Ain't no guess. Yes, he's in remission. What'd you say, Pops? What did he say, Mom? I can't hear him. He said, does that mean that he said, all right, have to get his ass out and get a job now? Oh, that's great. Wonderful. 
Awesome. Thank you. We love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Love you, Mama. All right. Bye. For Isaac, Season 1, Episode 7. Hey, buddy. You're a big walker. Come here. Come here, Ike. This is something that we had both wanted for a long time. Um, we really wanted to be parents, and it has been even better than we imagined. Like, we love being parents. Um, but just for me, the gratitude of she went through so much and um, she endured so much with a very brave face and a positive attitude all towards the goal of not so much her own health and wellness, but really him uh, and and making sure he was well. You know, she, she stopped taking pain medication after that first mastectomy within a couple of days. And it was really like, yeah, it hurts, but I can deal with it. You know, the less we expose him to, the better. And I just uh, was in awe that she had been through so much and she'd, you know, there's, you know, there's still a lot ahead of us, but I felt like she had successfully brought this beautiful, healthy boy into the world. And um, I just felt my partner is, is a rock star and, and I was really grateful. I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. Dave's Joy, Season 1, Episode 11. I remember the first year after he died, um, on September 1st that day, we all got together in like our Wildwood Park and we were like, we've always wanted to shoot off Chinese like lanterns that like from Tangled, like it's just so pretty, so magical. And so we're going to do that. We were singing songs like it was so cute. We lit them up and they almost burned down Granville. I swear, it was the funniest, <laughs> most comical moment of my life. Like, every we single one. dad was there. Yeah, he was like this giant prankster. I just remember, like, as we were, like, lighting off these beautiful Chinese lanterns, it was going to be the most gorgeous thing ever. And then all of them almost hit this tree. Like, I just, and then they're like, you see them go up, and they're like, they're coming back down onto a house. There's gonna, we're going to light a house on fire. I'm so surprised. Like, no, n- no fire trucks no ever came. We never heard anything. It was insane. No houses but, or trees were harmed in this event. Yeah. <laughs> but they should have been. And like, it was just like so funny of like, okay, like this is like dad looking down on us and just like cracking up laughing. Like we're finding joy right now in this moment, even though like it was like the first year after he was gone. But it was cool. Like even in that moment, trying to celebrate him in a beautiful way. It just turns out hilarious, kind of stressful, but like the most like funniest memory I have up to date about of, of us trying to like be so nice and celebrating dad and he was like I'm gonna make it funny because I'm funny he's like you're right you are, you are funny That's exactly right. my medicine's working mommy season one episode 12 I studied cancer genetics for six years and a child life specialist told my daughter she had cancer and they did it in a complete simple perfect way that we never could have mm. and um you can't put a value on something like that as a parent, you know, because the way that we present things to her, I, I became aware very early on that I couldn't fall apart because it mm-hmm. scared her. Yeah. And um, so that helps kind of putting up a wall, like, but you also became aware that she only understood what you presented to her. Yeah. And so, for instance, child life, you know, doesn't say, oh, you have this terrible disease. They say, you know, you have six cells and we're going to put a, a button in. Mm-hmm. under your skin so that we can give you your medicine and 
it's uh, your special medicine and it's going to get rid of the sick cells. And when your hair falls out, um, it's because your special medicine is working. So it's really a good thing. And they had coached us so well on all of that um, that when her hair fell out, the very first kind of clump of hair that she got, she looked at me and smiled and she said, my medicine's working, mommy. On their journey, season two, episode two. That was probably the most emotional time in Hawaii. Um, I wrote a letter to my mom on one side. My daughter wrote a letter on the other side, and we brought two pictures of hers um, to put on her lantern as well. And so then you go to the park late at night. There are thousands of people gathered there. They do an hour-and-a-half-long ceremony to remember those you've lost. And you release all these lit lanterns into the ocean that are just lit up and gorgeous. It's easily the most beautiful kind of scene I've ever witnessed. Um, and they also put a big net out in the, the ocean. So, of course, they catch them. They gather them all so you're not polluting and all that. Um, but it was truly breathtaking. And it was a really cool experience. You know, my daughter and I just waded in up to our chest and let my mom's lantern go and um, it's a really unique thing that we got to experience several weeks after her passing. One of my last nights in Hawaii, um, I took a walk by myself along the beach and on the way back stopped um, into a restaurant at a hotel to get a drink and I just happened to be chatting with some of the locals there and such and I would call him my friend now. I met on my last night there, and it was almost like it was just running into him um, like I was supposed to that day because I kind of told him why I was in Hawaii, and he actually was an internal medicine physician out in Hawaii and travels more than anybody I know, (laughs) so we like to swap travel tips now. But just this past year on Memorial Day, he messaged me and he said, hey, I'm going to the Memorial Lantern or the Floating Lantern Festival tonight. Um, is there anything I can write for you um, on one of the lanterns for your mom? He's like, whatever it is, or if you have pictures or anything, let me know. And so I wrote this big letter up, and I woke up the next morning, and I had pictures, and I had a whole video that he put together, and he said, I'm really sorry for my chicken scratch writing, (laughs) but everything's on there, and it was this beautiful video of my mom, you know, floating in Hawaii again, so it was a really cool way to come back to it. Her Own Way, Season 2, Episode 3. My mom was diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer when she was 52 years old. Um, And that was really shocking because just a month prior, she had been down in Florida and went to her regular annual visit. No one detected anything. Wow. What happened after that and, you know, everything that... I've heard and know from my experiences, stuff just happens so quickly. Um, And, you know, telling your family and sharing the news with people and caring for her, what was that experience? It's hard for me to remember back to all the emotions because the journey with my mom actually ended up being a long one. Um, And that in of itself is surprising. When she was diagnosed, they told us that the best prognosis they could give was that she would live two years. And she ended up living for 16 years. I think my mom had 60 plus cycles of 
uh, platinum chemotherapy during the course of the 16 years, which is really, really unusual. She would essentially achieve a remission every two to three years um, and then relapse. Um, but for whatever reason, her cancer would respond and she would get those remissions. After about, I remember about eight years into it, and they told her they could no longer do any surgeries. She moved to California um, to go to different doctors who were willing to continue to treat her. My mother, um, when Hazel was born, was living in Los Angeles, California, and I was here in Columbus, Ohio. And she would go through her treatment for a day. In California. In California. She would get on the airplane the next day and fly to Columbus. And she would spend about a week like convalescing in my house. And then she would spend two weeks hanging out with my daughter. And she would sit with this little bopping head on her shoulder, on her lap. She, she had a stack of about probably at least 30 board books. My mom would sit there um, between, her, between Hazel's naps and read her every single book in the pile. And she probably did that three times a day, every so day funny. for those weeks when she was there. And then she would get back on the plane and go back and do it all over again. She lived another eight years and saw three of her four children get married. Um, you know, she, she got to meet all eight of her grandchildren um, before that she all passed away. In those extra eight in years. In those extra eight years. Yeah. Yeah. To Dream Again, Season 2, Episode 4. We were never expected to have kids, and so my wife um, randomly just wasn't feeling well for a, a good amount of time and actually was in Colorado for a little bit. And then after her trip, got back and was like, I, I think I, I'm going to take a pregnancy test. I'm feeling this weird. And uh, it came back positive, and I was like, there's no way. Um, I do not believe this. I'm going to, you got to take another one. And so she took another one and I still did not believe it. I was like, there's something wrong. You're reading it wrong. There's no way. I know a hundred percent. I've, I've closed this door. There's no way. And ironically about a week or two later, I had already scheduled an appointment with our fertility specialist doctor. I still went through with that appointment and they told me over the phone after they kind of looked through all the results and said, Hey, you're not going to be able to have uh, a, a kid naturally. You're not going to be able to get pregnant naturally. And on the phone, I said, actually, uh, we found out my wife's pregnant. <laughs> and so the nurse and doctor were just uh, floored. They were super excited as we were, but it was all a shock. We were, we were amazed. And then the whole pregnancy process has just been a, a joy and a blessing. And then seeing her little Lucy come into the world, um, I just, I can't imagine, you know, thinking that this was, this would be a reality you, all those years ago, you know, even, you know, five years ago on the bike, 10 years ago in the doctor's office, getting the, the cancer diagnosis, this little one, uh, you know, we're just so grateful. Hey, Lou. Hey, Miss Lucy girl. Dan Superman. Season two, episode six. At that point, um, we had options, um, and we, my dad decided to fight it. He decided that he was going to go through chemo and be a fighter. 
Yeah, and so, you know, you had the opportunity to really sort of make the connection with your dad with a, with a special gift that you gave to him along his journey. And what was that? The day before his first chemo, we had a big family reunion party. And so I met my parents at a, a cousin's house, uh, and I had a gift for him. And I gave it to him to take home with him. Um, I didn't want him to open it in front of me because I didn't think I could handle it. Um, but what I gave him was a Superman T-shirt. Um, and I wrote him a letter, and I said, you know, in my life, when I've worn this shirt, it makes me feel invincible. And hopefully uh, you can take some of my strength for your journey ahead. He went through two rounds of chemo. Um, it was rough. I remember one example of his positivity was, you know, he was stuck in the hospital after the initial surgery, um, and he was up on a high floor, the 17th floor or something of the James, um, and it was over the 4th of July. And so he got to sit there and watch Red, White, and Boom from his hospital room. And it's he a good said, view. Yeah, he said, isn't this great? Like, if, if I didn't have cancer, we wouldn't get to sit here and watch this. And there's a great picture of he and my brother and my mom wearing neon necklaces, um, smiling in his hospital gown, watching the fireworks out the window. That's my dad, season three, episode six. One of the best memories I have this far in my life is writing behind my dad and my mom. Rare that I get that time with them and and just with them um, because now I'm not competing with my kids' attention or my husband. And so, sure. so that was just a, a unique moment for me because here's dad with his survivor jersey right next to my mom. Jonathan had already gone ahead and I'm just everybody that, you know, that rode by, that's my dad, that's my dad, that's my dad, you know, because on the back of my jersey, um, I have written all the names of the people I ride for, and right in the middle it says dad. And so, you know, I want to make sure if they're yep. riding past me, they see his name on my back, and then I can say that's him in the survivor jersey ahead of me. That's, so why, you went, that's why you went so slow, was so people could pass <laughs> you, right? Oh, yeah, dad. My cheeks hurt at the end of that day because yeah. I was just yeah. smiling. Yeah. Smiled and smiled and smiled. This has been One Goal, a storytelling podcast from Pelotonia. I'm your host, cancer survivor and president of Pelotonia, Joe Apgar. Interview and production scheduling by our marketing and communications team, Gabby Blauert, John Tolbert, and Alita Smith. One Goal is carefully crafted, produced, and mastered at the studios of Wessler Media. Special thank you to all of our guests for being so willing to share their inspiring journeys for this podcast. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe so you can listen to previous episodes and receive notifications about future ones. If you want to learn more about the Pelotonia community and how you can make an impact on cancer research, see the link in the show notes or visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org.